Hey, hey. Hey, everybody. Readers. Twisted readers. Yes. We talked about this book a while ago and we kind of. Like we talked about that we were going to read this book. But I listened to it and you read it. Yes. The Gifted School. Yeah. A novel by Bruce Holsinger. Yes. Um, So before we get started, how, like overall, what did you think? All right. So I didn't hate it. Like there was at no point in time where I was like, okay, so the person's writing didn't stand out to me at all in a bad way. Like there are some books that I read that I'm like, well, wow, this is horribly written. And self-published. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like this is, I, their writing did not detract from the story which I think is actually high praise, I was able to read the story. Um, So why don't you give... Oh, So overall, there were parts... Like at the beginning, I was kind of sucked in. And then there were parts where I'm like, oh my God, when is this going to get to the place? And there Mm -hmm. were characters that I understood more than other... Like not like understood. There were a lot of characters. It was hard. That's the problem. There were a lot of different viewpoints happening, which I don't think is a bad thing. I just don't know that it was done as skillfully as it could have been because there was literally there were were there there were four families, right? Yes. And so we knew the viewpoint of um like one family we knew the viewpoint of the mom and the kid. One family we knew the viewpoint of a mom and two kids one family we knew the viewpoint of a mom and mm, a little bit about a kid and one we knew the viewpoint of a mom and a dad and a little bit about their two kids like it was a lot of different it was a lot it was a lot yes maybe Um, it could have been it's like they had this fabulous idea and they were like, ooh, and this, and ooh, and this, and ooh. And let's and do this. Th- yes. yes. And then they added it all together and it was a little, it was a little confusing, I'd say, through like the middle of the beginning, if that makes sense, to like the middle of the middle. Like, who in the hell are these people? Like, yeah, I had to go people. back on the audio and go and listen. Um you had a quote that you pulled. There's something so tantalizing about having a gifted child that some parents will go to almost any lengths to prove they have mm-hmm. one. And a girl of 11 sits hunched over a test booklet, the cold room hushed around her. In her left hand, she holds a pencil, and beneath her forearm is a bubble sheet speckled with gray dots, a constellation of what she knows and doesn't, can't and can. Mm-hmm. So just, it was a really, like, I thought overall the idea was a really good idea. So it's basically, and, and I think when we read some of the reviews, we saw that some of the teach the, some of the lower reviews were from teachers because it just, it's fiction, but it reads like nonfiction. If you've, if you've had anything to do with the school system and the gifted world, I I don't think the things that happen in this book are too far away from what could really happen. Now, I, I used yeah. to be a gifted teacher. I did the testing and everybody wants their kids to be in the gifted program. And sometimes they just don't make it. The testing is really arduous, like especially if you're a, a kindergartner 
We dissuade people from testing their kindergartners because it's a long freaking test. Then we had people studying for the test. Then we have second chances on the tests. And so then you have to think what is truly, truly gifted. We have re- I've really, you and I have probably seen maybe what 3% of the kids we've taught, maybe two who are off the chart gifted, like who right. savant type capabilities. Right. So I got very jaded with the gifted world because I would get almost reprimanded by parents if the kids didn't get in. The kids would get punished if they didn't get in. Yes. It, and a lot of times too much. It is too much. And a lot of times kids who appear gifted when they are in kindergarten or first grade, it all evens out. They just had a great fresh. Yes. They had a great start to life. Like the kids that are truly gifted are not always the kids that read early or that walk early or that talk early. Right. Yeah, so the book the book starts with um, Emma Z. There's two Emmas, two different families with an Emma. She's taking the Cog Cog Pro, which reminds me of Cogat. It's so, so that I read um, an article, or I read something from the author that the Cog Pro is um, is the Cogat in her in her mind. Like she didn't want to okay. call it Cogat. She didn't want to. You know, I mean, probably she couldn't use the word cogat, but no, because we have four assessments. One is, you know, achievement, cognitive ability, which I think is the main main test to kind of see where the giftedness is. Achievement, anyone can study for that. Motivation and creativity. Okay, Mm -hmm. so um, the TOMAG is the creativity test. So between the TOMAG and the cogat, I think those two are pretty. The best indicators. You can have a kid who's not motivated and gifted as hell. I mean, oh, sure. Or, I mean, as we know, certain cultures, yes. females are taught not to brag, which is a big part of their self-assessment mm-hmm. to show, oh. to talk about your your gifts. You and I had that same situation to get. I remember yes. us talking about that. So it begins with this girl taking the Cog Pro to gain admission to the Crystal Academy. Part one opens with an ad in the New York Times for the head of school at Crystal Academy. So every chapter or starts months before when no one in Crystal had ever heard of the Academy. The four main women are introduced as they meet it for cocktails. We've got Rose, Samantha, Azra, and Lauren. They all have children in elementary school, and they spend a lot of time talking. Um, so Rose is a neurosurgeon, and Gareth, a failed writer, where uh, they were married, and they have Emma Q. I'm not going to go into all I'm just going to talk about it now, like the dynamic. So Samantha and her husband who was on the city council and came from old money, have a beautiful and slightly spoiled daughter named Emma Z. And these kids were rude, is all I got to mm-hmm. say. Lauren is a widow and has two extremely gifted children, Tessa and Xander. <laughs> Xander's on the spectrum, but is an incredible, ch- he's, he, he's a chess fiend. Like savant, yeah. Tessa is a junior and the oldest child. She's gotten out of rehab and is attempting to win back trust and respect from her mother and her friends. Azra has twins who play competitive soccer with her ex-husband and, and her ex-husband Beck um, left Azra for their nanny, Sonia. So that's, you know, and that's really like if you, it's pretty interesting, like that's a good description of all the characters and we're not going to keep referring. We're just going to say things that happen. Um, so basically it is a competition between these families. It's a silent competition, right? So everybody thinks Xander is the top, top notch kid to get in. Yes. They all want their children to get in. 
Um, but Lauren at this time, one of the characters was against it. And she was telling her daughter, Tessa, not to do it. Um, and Tessa has a vlog. She's the old, she's like a teenager. Her, she, her dad has died and she is vlogging about the lives of all these people. She is. She thinks it's set to private settings that only the kids that were in rehab with her can see, but it's not. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And she's so, telling, she's telling all the stories. She's telling, spilling all the mm-hmm. tea for sure. Then we've for got, sure. um, we've got Shaina, Shaina and her daughter, Celia in the grandson attic. And they clean the Zeller's house. Atik is, it's Atik. Atik is uh, brilliant with origami figures and paper. And he's like, to me, this storyline was bothersome because they had to make sure that we knew that he wasn't of the same socioeconomic standing as the other kids. And I, I don't know, like to mention so, it is one thing, but to keep, to have that be part of the storyline they should have either incorporated it more or not at all. Not at all. Because it was, it was too out of left field every time we read. Well, they could have taken that whole piece of a teak out. And not changed the meaning of the Mm -hmm. story. Right. A grab at having, you know, let's, let's talk about the other kids who can get in or not get in. Yeah. Um, It's really about the links that parents will go to. To prove that their children oh my God. are gifted or belong in the program. Every parent in this book, every parent thinks that their child is basically better than the other children. The other kids. And so there's an email that goes out to all the families instructing the parents to sign their children up for the standardized COG protest if they wanted to be considered. So this is being used as like the beginning test to get in. Um, Lauren Rose and Samantha take the Emmas, they, they and they call them the Emmas, which is kind of objectified, like they're these things, and Xander to take the test together, and then Tessa takes the test secretly, because nobody's really thinking Tessa, and Tessa is a brilliant, like, she she is striving to be a fashion designer, and she works in um, one of the one ladies' of- stores, uh, vintage yep. like, thrift stores. So Azra wants the twins to take the test, but her ex-husband Beck doesn't like elite educational programs. So they go on like a holier than thou kind of like monologue, dialogue kind of thing going on here. He discourages yeah, he, the boys from taking the test. But while he's not into their academic excellence, he's very much into their athletic oh excellence. God. And I will say that if you are a sports parent, you will relate to all of the stuff that ha- I mean, not all of the stuff that happens with this storyline, because he kind of goes off the deep end. But like, you will definitely recognize parents that you know from the sidelines and some. Oh of the- yeah, yeah. He gets it into is. It. Yeah, it is really interesting and hit that nail. Like, I think the idea of this book was really well done. The idea. I don't know that it was executed. Again, there's certain points where I was like, does that need to be in there? Um, so the twins, they've got two twins. Well, two twins. That's stupid. They've got twins. And one of them wants to take the test. Beck is kind of a creeper, like big time creeper. So basically, one of the families goes out of town. They take Tessa with them, um, who is one of the teenage daughters who was in rehab. And this character, Beck, gets in the hot tub with her naked. Well, and- 
He's in the hot tub first, and then she joins him. And she's topless. They smoke a joint. Like, the 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 logic here. Yeah. I mean, come on. And he didn't think like, it was a big deal. And he was kind of a... Uh, he was the one that was going off the deep end. He's, like, got a whole bunch of financial issues. But I feel like it doesn't matter. Any man... Not any man. I'm not going to say any man. In this community, I feel like most men would have immediately removed themselves from that situation, yes. not stayed in the hot tub and drank and drank. I think had a beer and smoked a joint with a teenage naked girl. It, it That just, yes. They wouldn't be like, oh, it's fine. She didn't, I was already in and then she came in and I closed my eyes and we didn't do anything. Like he, there was just too much. That was just kind of so out of left field. It wasn't necessary. Again, that part could have been taken out. So basically, this just goes on. The Emma girls are mean. Um, one of the parents gets uh, some information that I, I forgot which Emma it was. Doesn't matter. She didn't make it. But then he told the lie that she made it and made this ungodly high score. Yeah, then- Emma Z. Emma Z did not get in. And her family lied to her and told her she did get in. Mm-hmm. And he like then all of the what the hell like political shit of him trying to get her in and like he was trying to get her a 504 with extended time which i didn't understand because the test had already been taken she would get to take it again i guess with the extended time i don't know or that but it turns out and this is a huge spoiler alert but it turns out in the end that the two emmas actually share a father um that the unbeknownst the mothers meet when the babies are like one and they're both named Emma because that was the most popular name literally at that, the year that they were born. And so they both are just coincidentally, because I read some reviews that are like, it was so stupid to have two characters named Emma, but that's why is they did not know each other when they were pregnant. They met when the babies were little at a water class. It turns out that Emma Z really is, I guess, also an Emma Q, if you went by her paternal last name, um, because the father and that mother had had an affair. So, um, Well, and that, too, was, I'm not sure that was necessary either. Well, it was, the only thing that was necessary about it is that Xander, the, the really gifted kid who was so into chess, played chess with absolutely everybody and he started creating chess moves into like algebraic equations Mm -hmm. like of how they play and he noticed a similarity um in the way that emma z played like her birth father that nobody knew was her birth father so he he did this whole like he got creepy yeah it's chess is the way you play chess hereditary or is it learned? And does um, it dictate your personality or is, is it, is your personality? By your pers- yes. Yeah. And so he, he had all of this, but then he took it a step further and like, I don't know, ordered eight DNA tests off the, mm-hmm. I don't know, from freaking Amazon and on his mom's credit card and timed it so that she wouldn't see the charges. Which doesn't make sense because I see my Amazon like every day. I look at my orders and when they're coming because I order so frequently from Amazon that mm. I am waiting for specific things. Um, and, and he does secret DNA tests on everybody okay. involved. And the he, grossest part. Oh, got- a condom. He took a used condom out of somebody's 
out of Beck's. Anyway, so he proves the parent that that Emma Zeller's father is not Mr. Zeller. And that and that so that all comes out. And I mean, that was his because they had to all do portfolio projects. And this so was in the, the end. Oh, God. The actions of so many of these parents, because there's a whole lot more actions. We yeah, we're not going to go into about. all the details, but, but you get the point. Kept them from getting into the gifted school, except Xander and Tessa both got in. And they were probably the two that were actually. Yeah, that need, so Beck, didn't he have a, he had a um, run in at, on the soccer field with some woman. Yes, he did. Like he pushed her, I think. Yeah, I mean these these people are going crazy, and so here's here's the thing. I think I wanted to read this because I know we went into some detail. If you hadn't read the book, we're going to say at the beginning, read it because we're going into details. There's a spoiler, but if 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 you have read the book, it, it is it is this is the sad part is is that these parents do go to these kinds of lengths. Now I wouldn't say, I mean I don't know. Gifted is a big deal. I think overall it was decent. But how would how would you have changed the storyline? What would you have done? I would have simplified the number of families. Yes, in the whole plot, there were too many different families. I don't know if I would have taken it down to just two, or maybe taken it to three. I think maybe three families instead of the four families, and kind of the I, five because of a team. Oh, because we had the viewpoint of the. Up. Oh, and then the other boy. So I would have taken it down to probably, I probably would have kept the two Emmas because that was an important, and I would have kept Xander and Tessa, mm-hmm. but I, I probably would have removed the Be- Beck's twins altogether. Yeah, they didn't need to be there. No, that was like a whole different story to me. Like I would read a book about that family, but like, I think it was too, it was too much in this story. It was too much in this story. I think that I would have done some things from the teacher's point of view too. From there the pe- teachers really in it. You mean like right, I would have created point of view? like I would have wanted to hear the point of view from the people administering the test. I would have made them teachers, not a company. Oh, because yes. it made it very like cold and removed because mm-hmm. the whole process of gifted testing is not just one test. Like they have to right. go through many tests and well, I and you w- usually have to be referred for gifted. You don't just, well, I guess that's not true. In some states, in some states you have to be referred for gifted testing and in some every child takes the COGAT in certain grades. Yeah, I, and one of the schools where everybody got the COGAT and based on those scores they went higher. I would have liked to see some of the families studying for the test and trying to prepare the kids for the test. They did talk about that a little bit with tutors like they mentioned tutors mm-hmm. but they didn't really go into it i would have done as a teacher point of view i would have yes. liked to have seen like and because if you're looking it would have been nice to have just one narrator to so that we could get like the viewpoints of everybody within a capsulized you know narration because so like one omniscient mm-hmm. who knows what everyone is thinking yes. but narrated in like yeah the the, every point of view is i mean and i again every time i read a book like this i'm surprised that they were not asked not to do a point of view from everybody i would have given it more of a global view like we did see the emmas the, the emmas were starting an exclusive um club at school because whatever their parents were doing was just kind of 
they were, they were emulating their parents' bad behaviors and then they got in trouble. I don't know. I, I think, I, I think that this is a topic that needs to be addressed. I don't think we talk about it nearly as much as we should. Um, and maybe we should go into what gifted testing entails and what that means and really how many people, how many kids are truly gifted and, you know, high achievers are just as they're fine. High achievers are just fine. You cannot make your kid gifted. And then I used to have people tell me um, I need to teach creativity. <laughs> Assessing creativity is kind of in- ambiguous to me. I don't know. But I don't know. It was it was interesting. It's not a book that I would like revisit for any, you know, no. reason or anything. Mm-mm. But So I want to talk to you about a book that my at work, we do book clubs. Oh, nice. And I've never I've never actually joined in because um they've always been like business type books. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh. um, so we are they picked the book and it's called I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy, who is Jeanette McCurdy, you may recognize her from um she was on that show with that Ariana Grande was on. Like she was in all of those Zoe One Hundred One, I Party with Victorious. Like so, she was a Nickelodeon actress. She's thirty-one years old now, and her mother was an abusive stage. Mother. So I was thinking, I'm going to read that anyway. That maybe that would be interesting. And I mean, the title. I saw your visible reaction when I said the title name. I'm glad my mom died. So. Well, I, I think I think that's a whole conversation to have about your parent and when they yeah, pass and the fact that it's really okay not to have had a fabulous relationship with them and not to own that guilt. Yes. To feel relieved sure. because I will say I was relieved because I, you know, I I was codependent with my mom and I I didn't realize how much I was doing for her until she passed. Like grocery shop, even married and pregnant, I was doing all the things and I remember distinctly driving into Kroger around Christmas time. Cause I always put a tree up in her house and I, I was like, I don't have to get a tree. And I was like, the guilt and the relief were just all together. And I think that we don't talk about that. So I think, sure, let's read it. Let's talk about that. Cause we have, we have people's parents dying all the time and ill and you know, you're caretaking parents and it's not fun. So my brother's, my brother's having a hard time. He's getting stressed. So have a good week. All right. right. Have a good week, everyone. And keep reading and give us any suggestions that you have for another book. Stay Stay twisted. Stay twisted. Bye. Bye.